Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Coach the Coach Radio. Brought to you by the Business Radio X Ambassador Program, the no-cost business development strategy for coaches who want to spend more time serving local business clients and less time selling them. Go to brxambassador.com to learn more. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Coach the Coach Radio, and this is going to be a fun one. Today we have with us John Witt with Business Wit. Welcome, John. Thank you. Glad to be here. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Business Wit. How are you serving folks? Well, I've been in the uh, small business coaching space for going on 11 years. I started my practice in 2010. And I've done all kinds of things from executive coaching to startups to businesses that are just trying to figure out how to scale, how to get to the, how to get to the next level. And uh, it's just, it's an incredibly rewarding career. I spent 30 years in multi-billion dollar corporate before this. And um, while I was able to do a lot of neat things, the amount of satisfaction, job satisfaction, employee career satisfaction just isn't nearly the same as the coaching space. So now talk about that transition when you were in corporate to kind of being an entrepreneur yourself. Was that a difficult transition for you? Uh, That's a yes and no answer. (laughs) Um, You know, my my original thought was to bring sort of big business building tools to small business. And because small business doesn't have a lot of the things that big business has, they don't have the time or the money or the resources in many ways. And that in itself is very effective and not tremendously difficult. However, the small business mindset is a big shift from multi-billion dollar corporate. You know, multi-billion dollar corporate, everybody's got suits, ties, degrees, MBAs, everybody knows what benchmarking is, everybody understands goals and objectives, et cetera, et cetera, and how to put plans together. Or, you know, that's a general rule in that multi-billion dollar corporate space. In the small business space, that's not the case. They're running around with 50 hats on. They're trying to do 35 things at once. Um, and the, the big thing is that the, they don't have the resources to make mistakes to, you know, if you make a mistake at the, in the you know, billion dollar corporate world, it costs you some money, but there's a lot of resources to recover. In the small business world, if you make that kind of a mistake or a mistake that costs you a lot of money or time, um, the results could be disastrous. And so working through the, the mindset issues was my biggest learning experience in transitioning to, you know, from the corporate world to the small business coaching world. Now, once you kind of made that transition in your mind and then kind of developed, I guess, a uh, service that can serve the needs of that small business owner, or the mid-sized business owner, was that you know, was that the key that unlocked kind of the doors now for success for you? Or was there something that helped you kind of propel you to the next level in your uh, practice? Well, for me, um, that was a big success in mindset in in attracting and acquiring customers, clients. Um, But from a personal standpoint, all of the systems and processes that I had to build and develop that allowed me to efficiently and effectively serve my clients. That was the big work effort, you know, that was a good, you know, one to three years in putting those systems in place, you know, putting together my own CRM system, putting together my own marketing strategy, my own sales strategy. Those, those things took 
a while to put together. And that, that was really kind of the turning point. And then I guess the other thing that's really valuable is that, <clears throat> you know, the, the need, the small business coaching need, it, it doesn't stay the same it shifts. When I started my practice, we were coming out of the great recession and finding a way to generate money was the, you know, that was the, that was the, well, actually I would say it was first, how do we cut back and how do we save money? And everybody wanted to do that right away. Um, but they didn't really look at how do we generate money in this opportunity as well. And so we went and went through a, the first three or four years where really, you know, how do we generate revenue? Um, <clears throat> it shifted into, um, you know, how do we serve our customers more effectively, you know, once we got through that recession. And then today, um, you're starting to see a big shift in, you know, where do I find employees? Um, how do I get employees to, to come work for me? Uh, and that's a different different model. It used to be we could find employees pretty quickly. And, and today, because coming out of the pandemic, it's it's not the same. It's not the same system and it's not the same model. So while I would say that, you know, I built a system to help me serve my clients, I got through the mindset compo composition, um, staying current and consistent with what the economy or what the, you know, the world system is putting out, it has been a key. You know, have to shift and change, uh, not necessarily daily, but but frequently to find out what's the most important thing for the market. Now you mentioned the um, kind of the challenge of staffing in, I guess this post pandemic world that we're living in for a lot of folks. Um, can you talk about how you're helping uh, your clients kind of work through that? Yeah, certainly. Um, so, so, you know, we've had this pandemic where people um, were literally paid to stay home for over a year, it's still going on to a little degree, but it's going to end at some point this year. And so the mindset of the employee uh, began to shift. And I think they began to, you know, this is an opinion more than it is a fact, but I think you'll find many people that support a similar opinion. The values, what was important, um, really shifted over the last year because it was such a scary time. And now that those values have shifted and, you know, they've managed to learn how to live on, you know, the income that they have, they're a lot less um, concerned about revenue or making money today. That's not the same motivator that it used to be. Money used to be, well, and in some cases, it's still obviously a very key motivator, but it's not as, it doesn't hold the same degree of importance today as it did a year, year and a half ago, because people have learned to uh, operate and live differently over the last year and a half. And so what we've really done here is, you know, identify what are the other strategies that are, what are, what are the, what is valuable? What's really important for employees today that would encourage them or compel them to, you know, submit for an opportunity for a job. And really that's, we look at um, three different forms of composition, compensation. I mean, money obviously is very, very important, but the other two real big keys are, you know, the ability to learn and grow and the ability to make an impact. And so we're really recrafting the employment opportunity message to include the ability to learn and grow and the ability to make an impact in addition to traditional financial compensation, insurance benefits, those kinds of things. And, um, and creating that message 
and making sure that that's the message that gets that's getting out to the ideal candidates that we're looking for. We really have, you know, embraced the, you know, a real solid marketing plan. You know, most people are very comfortable or familiar with marketing their business and their services and their products, not always as knowledgeable or aware of how to market their business job opportunities, which is really what you're doing. You're, you're marketing an opportunity and you have to follow a lot of the same principles. I mean, you have to identify who's the ideal person, who's the one that you want to have, who's the one that's going to most willingly accept, lean in, take advantage of that. Uh, what's the messaging that we have to use for that particular prospect, uh, um, employee prospect? And then how do we distribute that message effectively? Um, you know, there's a lot of systems out there that work really well. Uh, Indeed, ZipRecruiter, there's a whole lot of them. Um, <clears throat> but there are, are non-traditional opportunities through, in, in many ways, the social media platforms. And how many of those are there these days? Um, but how do we distribute that message? How do we target our audience effectively? Um, those three steps really need to make um, make a big difference today. You have to make a big difference in how that works today. It can't, it's not just putting an ad in the, in the newspaper or an ad on Indeed or one of the other job monster or whatever. Um, there's a lot more sophistication from a marketing standpoint that's necessary to get your message in front of the right audience. Now, do you do you find that it's kind of a double-edged sword in some ways that when you say, okay, I'm going to be open to remote workers, then you're like, okay, now the world is my oyster. I can get the best talent from anywhere in the world. But the, the flip side to that coin is the world's big. You know, now uh, my job is uh, like a needle in a haystack, and this huge haystack is the world. And, um, you know, how do I even identify the person that has the right values that I have, that has the right skills that I need, that, you know, is going to be a good cultural fit? And how am I going to manage this person from – they can be anywhere. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, when the opportunity or the, the um, marketplace gets so big or as big as it is, it becomes a little bit, it can become overwhelming. And you have to still, I think you still have to go back to basics, um, really saying, like, what is it that I really need? I need some people with this skill, this knowledge, uh, attitude being the most important and most valuable commodity that's available out there. You know, somebody that's going to show up and do the work. You can list all of the attributes that you want from an attitude standpoint. And then you have to ask yourself, okay, where is this person? Where are these people hanging out, so to speak? Where, how can I reach them? What is the right place? And so you might have, you know, any number of um, message boards or there's, there's just a ton of different communication tools that you want to use. And in fact, you probably have to use many of them, you know, 10 or 12 of them to really um, get your message to the, to the market, that, to the right market, to the right person, to the right prospect avatar. Um, but you, you'll find that, um, you know, again, with a comprehensive approach, and I think that's what's the key, and it depends on what you're really looking for, right? If you're just looking for a sort of a minimum, minimum wage worker, I don't think you're looking at the world, but if you're looking at some, some bigger talent, if you, especially if you're looking at any of the STEM activities, um, you really have to, have to craft your message effectively and distribute it to the right place. Where is this 
group hanging out. I'm doing a lot of work with uh, universities in Southern California. In fact, I have an intern program and there are literally thousands of students out there, hundreds of thousands of students that might want to be an intern for business wit. And I have to you know, market to the, the, my message who I'm really looking for, what's really important, what do they really value um, to persuade them or compel them to apply for my internship. Um, but I put together a system that's very effective. So I, I typically now I'm getting about two or three applications a week. Um, and so when, when, you, when you're getting two or three applications a week, now you can be very selective in, you know, who do you really want to bring on board? Who's going to make the biggest impact? Um, but again, my process and my intern program is an education-based program. And so it really has to be about, you know, in return for them doing service servicing for me, uh, has to be about uh, what, what can business what do for them? And I provide some career strategic planning and some education around uh, marketing skills, communication skills, and knowledge. That trade has to be super high or they're not going to step in. They're not going to lean into the program. So now uh, the benefits of going kind of the intern route is that you're kind of getting them younger and they're, you're kind of teaching them the good habits so that maybe some of these interns that go through the program can be right fit employees down the road, you're investing in them and you're giving them, there's kind of a lower risk way of kind of vetting them to see if they really can do what they, you think they can do. And plus you're getting to mold them before they've had some maybe bad habits that they've learned at other places. Well, absolutely. Right. I mean, you're, you're not getting any baggage, right? You're, you're at the early stage, very moldable stage, and you can work through your system and process to see if they can do what you're looking for. And then even more importantly, will they do what you're looking for? Uh, and in remote work, that's that's the key because you're not, you know, they're not coming into the office. You're not looking over their shoulder to see if they're doing the work that you that needs to be done. You can't monitor how much time they spend at the water cooler or whatever else they're doing during the day. The question is, will they and can they do the work on their own effectively? And you get a chance with this process to to vet that, you know, you know, some people, you know, over the over two or three months, you can say, hey, these guys are the right kind and move them up into some additional responsibilities. Uh, and, and others are going to be, well, you know, this is really marginal and, um, you know, they may not be a right fit for this organization. So now when you're going the intern strategy, is this something that they're doing this work in exchange for kind of course credit or is this something you're paying them? And um, how does the financial side of this work? So my financial side, the, the, the rule of thumb is that you have to give more value than you get. Otherwise, they will be considered to be employees. And uh, my systems pass that, that particular test. I don't um, pay them in dollars, although I do support their course credit. So if the college will give them credit, I will fill out whatever paperwork is necessary so that they achieve those units. Um, and that's a cost savings to them. They didn't have to pay for those. Um, but at the end of the day, if I'm not delivering more value to the intern than they are delivering to me, then they're going to be considered employees, especially in a state like California or Oregon or some of the places where I happen to work. So then um, 
you are in exchange, you've developed a way to onboard these people quickly because you need them to provide value for you in some level. So they have to be doing some work that's valuable to you and your paying clients, right? No, you're absolutely right. And you want to get them up and on. You know, they want to make, you know, here's here's my understanding as, as the these interns come on board, they want to make a contribution as quickly as possible. They don't want to sit here and say, hey, we're going to study and plan and learn for three months before I get to do anything. So in the business wit system, they're up and running and through our onboarding system, there's two phases to it, um, but they're up and running and making their first contribution within five days of joining the intern program. And we quickly find out, you know, can they do it? Will they do it? What, you know, can they learn and can they grow? We don't expect them to be experts in five days. That is not a requirement. Um, we don't expect interns to be experts at all, um, but we do expect them to learn from their mistakes, learn from the lessons to utilize um, the group, the collaborative opportunities that we have so that they can get better. And that's the rule is they have to get better every day, every week, um, although we don't expect perfection. And then how long is an engagement with an intern? Um, so it's a minimum of three months. I tell them mostly that it should be six months because after three months, you've got all of the basic systems and stuff down in play, which means you'll have gotten what you came for in some ways. But after three months, you can move into a leadership role and leadership skills are highly valuable. And you could run one of our campaigns or you could be a mentor to new interns. There's a whole bunch of different things that we can do uh, for this, what I would call the second half, because I, I typically expect my intern well my interns typically stay about six months um and we don't track it to the day but it's about six months which gives them the initial skill sets and the learning and the knowledge to be able to do the work that i'm looking for them to do but then also helps them put their career strategy together and then ultimately uh, achieve and obtain some leadership skills as well so now this uh, business with intern staffing program is this something that is a service offering you offer your clients that they you help them kind of get this going for their businesses? Absolutely. So, you know, I didn't, I didn't start out that way. <laughs> I started out saying, listen, I need some help. Um, and I had to put something together for me. Um, but then I realized that this can translate this, this program translates to just about any business. Um, you know, there's a, there's a strategy that you have to build and it's gonna be a little bit different for each business and the type of work that the intern does when they come on board and what's that first impact, that's gonna be have to be identified on a, on a per client basis. Uh, but just imagine that you have you know, six interns, that's what my list, my group is right now, I've had as many as 10, um, six interns um, that are putting in you know, 10 hours or 15 hours a week for you, that's a lot of hours, that's a lot of resources that can be literally can transform a business. And so I offer this, uh, it's a 12-step program um, that goes from strategic planning into, you know, impact analysis and the marketing strategies, how to identify the ideal, the ideal pro prospect, the ideal employee, the messaging, the distribution system, the interview process. Uh, one of the key things in, in my intern program that's really valuable is the, what we call the self-evaluation metrics. So the interns are responsible for evaluating their own results and coming up with strategies to improve those results. So I don't have to do all of that work. You know, that's a place where a lot of managers get, get hung up. You know, they, they don't, they, they basically assume the role that they're responsible for all of the new growth and all of the new opportunities. That's a time consuming process. 
when you teach, in this case, um, <clears throat> educate your, your team on how to do their own self-evaluation metrics and the value of doing those self-evaluation metrics and the value of putting together continuous improvement strategies, um, that becomes incredibly valuable. And it's been proven from interns that have left the program and gone on to careers that those were key uh, hiring components. And it was, why did they get that next opportunity? Because they understood that model and they understood that process. When you bring that to a new employer, they're like, well, this is different. Now, when you're working with a client and implementing the intern staffing program uh, with them, is uh, you have to get clear on what is the type of work they need done. And then you have to kind of build out the system to make the intern not only onboarded, but doing the work um, kind of almost like a machine, right? It, it can't be something that there's all these one-offs that, hey, this is a special thing and I got to explain. Like it's got to kind of run pretty um, uh, kind of s streamlined, right? Like this is all yeah. the work you have to do uh, up front in order to so that it works effectively once you have that flow of interns coming in. You're absolutely right. You have to build the system. You have to identify in your business operations, your business process, where does an intern um, fit, you know, and how can we get them to make an impact quickly? Um, and then we have to build an onboarding system. What do we have to teach them and train them? What do they have to learn day one, day two, day three? And again, we want to get them up and running and making an impact, making a difference right away as soon as possible. So yeah, that that what I call the intern impact analysis is a key component, you know, and it, you know, for some clients it's uh, pipeline growth and for other clients, it's um, efficiency type activity. I mean, there could, I'm not certain which one it is for each client, but we're going to have to identify that. And then we put the system, we build a system around it. And then once you identify that, then you have to reach out and have some sort of outreach to the universities um, to identify the appropriate candidate. Absolutely. Um, I use a system called Handshake. Well, it's not my system. It's a university system for offering internships and job opportunities. And it's used by thousands of universities. Um, and you're able to craft your offer and, uh, and, and make it available to students that are looking for, in my case, students that are looking for internships. Um, and learning how to use that system is an important component because there's things you can or can't do. There's, there's, there's some activity there. Um, but that's where you, that, that might be, that, that is a classic, if you're looking for interns, that is a, a very strong message distribution system. And then is there any kind of um, do's and don'ts when it comes to making the offer to the intern? Like what are some do's that they want as a deliverable that is going to be like a Hey, this is perfect for me. I'm, I got a lot out of that internship. I learned, but I also got this kind of a new credential or something that I'm going to be able to leverage for a job down the road. Yeah. So um, we have a couple different things. So yes, do's and don'ts. Um, it's it's really all about the intern. What's in it for them? I mean, they're they're you know already that there's something in it for you as the business owner. Um, when you're interviewing, it's, you know, it's really about what's in it for them. And you're also interviewing them for me. I'm not asking for them to have any experience because I can teach all of that, the, the skills and the knowledge that I'm looking for. What I need is the right attitude. So in that interview, I'm really looking for what that, that right attitude is. In addition, once, once you go through this particular program, there is a, a business with marketing internship certificate 
that you can share. It's digital and hard copy. And then as a, as a process, as part of our offboarding process, so there's an onboarding process and an offboarding process. Offboarding process, we actually create a video with the intern that helps them describe uh, the value and what they learned and how effective this it was, how effective it was. And we, we edit that down to about a two minute video that they can then share with potential employers. And it does a lot of things. It says, hey, this is what I learned. This is what I'm doing. This is what I did. But you also get to see the person on camera. You know, what's their personality? What's, what's their, what are their behaviors? You know, there's a, there's a lot of value in them being able to uh, share a video about the program. Good stuff. Well, congratulations on all the success. If there's a company out there that wants to learn more about how to implement the business with intern staffing program, what is the best way to find you? Is it, do you have a website? Yeah. So the website is, uh, is businesswit.com. That's www. And then the word business and my last name, wit is W H I T T dot com just to play on, on business. Um, so businesswit.com and there's a place where you can book an appointment with me. Uh, you can also see obviously some of the other things that I've done and the types of work that I do for different clients. Good stuff. Well, congratulations on all the success and thank you so much for sharing your story. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Well, I appreciate being on the show. I really, you know, it's, it's been fun and I'm glad to be able to share. All right. That was John Witt with Business Wit. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you next time on Coach the Coach Radio. Yeah.